Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. You're not working with some big dealership that's selling volume. This is an intimate car buying experience, and I can tell you that firsthand it's kind of like a concierge service they make you feel so good so whether it's a foreign car domestic car luxury ride they have the inventory that you want they also service all makes and models they have fantastic finance options as well go for a test drive today or find them at rmeurosport.com one thing before we get to the lead i just saw this tweet from a guy by the name of philip Pritchard, who happens to be the keeper of the Stanley Cup. Are you familiar with Philip? Yes, he's the guy with the white gloves and kind of the floppy, well, kind of the floppy hair. Well, they both have white gloves. That's what I was going to say. He's the guy with the white hair, right? Yeah. Looks like a bowl cut, right? Yeah. Okay. For the first time in the history of the Stanley Cup, the team name and the year that the team won the cup will be engraved on the cup. Uh, that actually surprises me. I thought I would have assumed it was being done sooner than it before. I've seen the Stanley Cup up close many times for, from the Hall of Fame to Avalanche celebrations, but I honestly that never sank in that that that, that was lacking on the trophy. Actually, let me read this. Maybe I'm not understanding that what he wrote. He wrote for the first time in the history of the Stanley Cup, the team name and the year are engraved prior to the Avalanche player days. Rest of the engraving will take place in October. Oh yeah, he's so saying he's I, saying yeah, he's saying this time the team name is already on the trophy as the Avalanche celebrate. The names go on later. Okay, so I was I was wrong, but now everybody understands, or yeah. at least you understand. Adam right? Dead Adam okay. Deadmarsh was spelled wrong after he was after he was able to share the trophy. Gotcha. All right, with that time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Per our friend Mike Cliss and I News, new Broncos edge rusher Randy Greger, who's recovering from shoulder surgery, is not expected to participate in position drills in the first week of training camp. He's not expected to play in any preseason games, although there might be a slight chance he gets a couple of snaps in the exhibition finale on August 27th against the Minnesota Vikings. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. How concerned are you about Gregory's health, considering he has a history of injury issues as well as drug suspension issues? And let's hope he's certainly past the drug suspension issues he says he is. 11.4. Years, like this is Spinal Tap years yes. goes to 11? Yes. Yeah. I just think there's too many warning signs there. And God bless him. I hope he, he, hope he gets healthy and he is able to play. But I would say if you had to be coldly analytical about it right now, you'd say it's very unlikely. That what? That he plays much for this team this season. That he take. That he really. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna see uh, Malik Reed playing an awful lot. Huh. 
No. I like Malik Reed. I don't love Malik Reed. He had one really good season. I don't think the honestly, I don't think that the Broncos are very high on Malik Reed. Because if they were, they wouldn't have drafted Nick Benito mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have converted Baron Browning. Yeah, I, I don't know about that because I think you can all you can't have too many edge pass rushers uh and guys or or guys who can have that impact. No, I'm with you on that. But you you drafted Benito with your first pick in the draft. And and probably one reason has more to do with Chubb possibly not coming back mm-hmm. as much as anything, right? Yeah. And to say I, I think Benito and Browning are more in line with Chubb possibly not coming back than Gregory. But Browning backs up Gregory too, though. True. So both Gregory and Chubb, they have a history of injuries. If both of them are injured again, you think this sets back the season? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how it couldn't. Unless you throw like, unless here's the, the big, the big fireworks possibility is Nick Benito. When the, is thrown in there, and when the lights are turned on, he's just a, he's just an incredible find. I mean, I know he's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of he's got a high motors. They like to say he's got a lot of juice. But I'll be honest, it's not like I watched this kid play a lot when he's what at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good his game is going to translate. Hopefully, it does translate. But when you look at let's just look at the division with three top flight quarterbacks. And then those same teams all have top high-end pass rushers. If this team does not, that's going to be enormous. Yeah, you're right. You're right in this division with gifted quarterbacks. And looking at the pass rushers for the other team, Mack just joined the Chargers. Yes. The, the, the Chiefs are going to be more than fine. And, man, what the, what the Raiders have now with Chandler Jones – I mean, man, if, the, if these guys have problems, uh, and, and I don't know if I'm even a huge Gregory guy anyway, I don't know if you know this. You know he has missed more games than he has played? No, I didn't know that. Mainly because of the drug suspension issues, mm-hmm. and hopefully he has passed that. I, I was hoping that the the, the Broncos were going to go after a Son Reddick or Chandler Jones. Yeah, I think we're all pretty typical. You and I are joining the party on this. Is that we're, we all we all hope that in evaluating Gregory, it's it's all based on on the field and football production that the drug suspension issues are behind him completely. I mean, there, there, there's a saying that is absolutely true: availability is far more important than ability. And when Gregory's been on the field, he's been pretty good, but he's rarely on the field. And now he's coming off this shoulder. So to look at this story that Mike Kliss reported, he's not expected to participate in position drills. The first week of training camp, the question is, how much is he going to practice? Is he going to be going full load? Is he going to be doing team drills, 11 on 11s? I think that's what a lot of people are going to be looking for. I'm also curious as to what was the decision-making process in outlining his his participation in training camp, whether he was involved in it directly himself and said, that's what I think I can handle, or this is the trainers and coaches deciding this is our best chance to keep him to keep him healthy for prime times. Well, I think they're being cautious with him, and I think that's the smart move, just like the Nuggets were cautious with Michael Porter Jr. and with Jamal Murray. They invested a, a decent amount of money in this guy. 
and you don't want to have him blow out a shoulder week one against Seattle. So you kind of have to bring him back, you know, at a reasonable timetable. But I think all eyes during training camp are going to be on. This will be the story. When's Gregory coming back? How does he look? I don't think he necessarily needs to play in preseason games. Oh, no. I don't think that's a big deal at all. No, I don't either. I think we've we've evolved to the point now where that's just completely irrelevant. I would agree. Do you think edge rusher, and it's really because they play a 3-4, do, do you think their linebacking core is the weakness of this team? Oh, I don't think so. I think there's the offensive line is a little more question mark, question mark at this point and, and, and more crucial to, to the success. When you have yeah. the, when you have the high the high priced high high profile quarterback, I think the offensive line is the first thing you have to hope you score it up. Well, here's the here's the good and bad about Russell Wilson. The good is he's mobile. The bad is he gets sacked a lot. Even in Seattle. Now, granted, his offensive line wasn't very good, and hopefully, see, hopefully, Hackett puts together an offense where he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But you don't want it to be, you don't want to bubble wrap the guy and you want him to throw the ball downfield. And, and I'll ask you, who do you feel more confident blocking? Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon? Uh, probably Melvin Gordon. Oh, but wait a minute. Yeah, I know. No, Williams I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that I pick out one, one extreme and jump all over it and ignore, ignore the reasonable arguments on the other side. I think in this case, Melvin Gordon is the better blocker. And yes, that should be taken into some consideration. Coming up after the break, ESPN had a terrific article about the avalanche moves. You're going to like what they had to say, but what did they say specifically? And we'll let you know, and we'll give you an update on what we know about Nazem Kadri. Is he coming back? We'll let you know next. Brother Pelle is in the back, sweet singers in the front, cruising down the freeway in the hot, hot sun. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Just like a Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you're looking for something great to do this weekend, highly recommend. you go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Every seat is a great seat to watch any game that you want. Obviously, the Rockies are on right now, so that's your thing. Head on over there. They also have a pool hall with 15 tables, not just one pool table like a lot of bars. They have a pool hall and Friday and Saturday, they have live music with no cover, but it's their happy hour to me that really sets them apart. Every day, every day, two for one on wine, well, and drafts from three until seven every day. Go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. It's got something for everyone. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. 
Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. ESPN had an article titled Big Winners and Losers uh, at the, not the trade deadline, but at the start of free agency. And uh, this is what they wrote about the Avs under the category of winners. The reigning Stanley Cup champs went big on taking care of their own. Sackick was strategic in who to keep and how much to pay so that Colorado could chase another cup. It doesn't feel like the Avalanche took a step back at all, despite the talent they will lose from their most recent playoff roster. Sackick has a great feel for his group and proved again and how he has worked free with free agency. Now, you pointed something out in the show notes that they kept talking about Sackick and not McFarlane. I don't think it's that big of a deal because at the end of the day, who's the decision maker? I think it's a little bit unfair right now because it shows that they're still buying into the premise that Joe Sackick is running the franchise with Chris McFarland, kind of doing the detail work underneath him. You know, that could, that's not necessarily, that's not an insult or anything, but it's also an acknowledgement of that's a perception around the league that Joe Sackick remains in charge. And the question is, as I addressed yesterday, is who do you call? If you're going to make a deal with the Colorado Avalanche, do you call Joe Sackick or do you call Chris McFarland? And that's the true test. Uh, like at New York, Glenn Sather's a senior advisor. Chris Drury is a president and general manager, and Sather's kind of stepped into the background. Sackick has not stepped that far into the background yet. No, and I, I agree with that, but how long ago did this move take place? Two weeks ago? A week ago? That McFarland's now the GM? This week. Right. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. And listen, you could, you could say shame on ESPN for not getting the press release. I get that. <laughs> but I think, okay, okay. I'm but, laughing but about the press release. On, long right. story. Well, okay. But with that, I think Sackick had far more influence on what happened yesterday. Okay. Because mm-hmm. this was his team that he built. And he will be the final decision maker moving forward when trades are made, when the draft happens, then it, then it moves to McFarland. Yeah. So when it comes to what happened at the, uh, at the start of free agency, I know that McFarland has the title of GM, but he's also, I he's get- also kind of the detail pencil, pencil pusher type guy who's been involved in crucial decisions over the past few years. Right. I think Sackick played a huge role in what happened yesterday. Moving forward, now that we are past uh, the start of free agency, then I think it will slowly move towards McFarland. But at the end of the day, who has the final? All that matters is who has the final decision. Uh, Josh Kroenke, actually. If we're being completely honest here. Yeah, Josh Kroenke. Okay, you know you know exactly what I mean. Yes, he, he, he points to Joe and says, I, I've told the story many times when I asked Josh Kroenke what his philosophy uh, was on unrestricted free agency in hockey. He pointed across the room to Joe Sackick and said, my philosophy on un- unrestricted free agency in hockey is whatever Joe says it is. Right. Because I, I think Josh likes hockey very much, but he's more into basketball because he played basketball in Missouri. So but my point is, what's that? And Stan was a basketball guy too. Right. But my point is, is that, the decision maker is the guy who's going to get the credit or the blame, just like with Tim Conley, mm-hmm. same thing, same exact thing. I mean, we could split hairs here and say, well, he happens to be the GM. Well, Sackick's the president. 
And he he's gonna he's gonna say yes or no on every single move. No, he doesn't do probably he might not do the day to day like McFarlane's gonna do. So maybe McFarlane does deserve more credit, and that's fine. But when talking about what happened yesterday, I mean, do they really bring in any significant players outside of guys on their own roster? The answer is no. No. Now I'll ask you, who do you think spearheaded the the acquisition of the new goalie? Joe, uh, Joe Sackick. Sackick was Joe, McFarland. Joe Sackick with Chris Drury. Chris Drury was uh, Joe Sackick's road roommate, and Joe let him have the remote control, and so he gave him a goaltender. And I think they've been talking about it. No, no, no. I, that, that's not what I'm I'm not asking about their personal lives when they watch the Hallmark Channel. What I'm asking is, who's I'm saying, the one I'm who, saying it was who did Joe, the legwork it, on the deal? Was it, was it McFarland it was, or was it Sackick? It was Joe Sackick. Drury has nothing Chris, to do with it. It was Joe Sackick and Chris Drury, the general manager of the New York Rangers, involved in agreeing right. to this deal. And Chris, right. Chris McFarland did a, lot of, did a lot of the legwork and perhaps scouting them, scouting Gork. Georgiev during the regular season right. and, 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 and doing some checking out there as to what was going on. He did not beat out Shesterkin, but the guy was the Vesna trophy winner. And so that is not a real damning indictment against him. I think, okay. I think With the biggest, that- the biggest move they made was the goaltending move. We'll find out if this guy, if, if Georgiev is an improvement over, over Darcy Camper. Okay. I want to, I'm not trying to overshoot you, Terry, but I want to bring in the St. Louis blues fan, Nolan. Can you, uh, Alex ask Nolan to step to the mic real quick? Cause I want to ask him a question as a fan of the St. Louis hey, blues. I, I need to, uh, I need to peel back the curtain a little bit here. Ask Nolan what he's wearing. He's probably wearing an Arenado Jersey. Close. It's the shirt. Yeah, that's all he wears. No, it isn't. I wear more wrestling shirts than baseball shirts. Just happened to be today I wore this one. You wrestled for who? I didn't wrestle. I'm a fan of wrestling. Professional wrestling? Yes. Oh, God. Alex, we might need to make a change moving forward with guys that are working with us that are semi-delusional. Is that we're, we're gonna no? When I come back from COVID, we're gonna have to sit down and have a long talk. So, anyway, anyways, back to the blues question. Black to the back to the blues. And I was going to ask Terry this, but we'll start with St. Louis. What teams in the Western Conference actually got better at the start of free agency? Do you think the Blues got better as of yesterday? Oh, not not even close. The answer exactly. is exactly hard. No, losing David Perron was yep. awful. Right. <laughs> yep. So thank you. I'm glad you said that because that's what I thought you would say, and I agree. And St. Louis, St. Louis did give the Avalanche the best series. Okay. But at the end of the day, you can make the case they got worse. Let's look at Las Vegas. They got they worse. They got worse. Calgary got worse. St. Louis, uh, Vegas now is really the uh, poster boy for ineptitude in the NHL, and right. fans hate him. Right. So now when you look at the West, three competitors, the the best team in the Pacific Division just lost their best guy. St. Louis, who to your point, Terry, gave the Avalanche the best run. They got worse. The Edmonton Oilers, did they really get any better? Did they add anything defensively that I missed? No. 
Okay. Minnesota, did they really get better? I don't know. So the Avalanche just kind of kept what they had, but added a new goalie. Yeah, uh, the Jack Campbell from Toronto got a really good contract to go play goal at, at uh, Edmonton. Right. So yeah, they, they've he, improved there. I mean, Mike Smith is 41 years old and trying to soldier through the playoffs. Well, I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy that Edmonton just picked up who started the season hot. It was nothing short of awful in the last half of last season. And calling him awful in the last half of last season, I think, is being kind. Yes, it is. Right. The Avalanche signed the guys that they need to sign. It's, it's going to suck to lose Kadri if indeed that happens. But they, they, had, they, they have to do something because they can't keep everybody. But to me, they kept key guys. They did, I think they did the best that they could. So do you think the Avalanche... Are are now the are still the overwhelming favorites to come out of the West again next year? Absolutely, I don't see anything any reason to change that. And uh, right, uh, even if Kadri leaves, which uh, you're getting mixed readings on that, but I still think he's. I think now he's leaving. I had talked the other day about that revelation, the waking up in the morning and saying, "Hey, this isn't such a bad deal." I'm going to hometown discount and probably try to stay. I still think that's a possibility, but I think it's unlikely now. But I do think the Avalanche, they've done a really good job, as the ESPN piece pointed out, of shoring, of kind of shoring up the guys who, who were, well, even Chris McFarland said, round pegs, round holes. It wasn't just the guys they picked up at the trade deadline. It, it was the kind of the, the uh, roster-wide bolstering they did since last season. Since last season. Okay, Carolina, they get better? I don't Let's know. go to the East. Carolina get better? I would say yes. I would agree. Did Tampa get better? Because they lost some key guys, but then again, no. they, they kept a bunch of guys too. No, I don't think they got better. I still think they they can uh, come out of the East, but uh, it's not as likely as it was before. Right. All right, coming up after the break, we'll let you know what happened to the Open today, who is leading also some interesting words from a guy by the name of Mike Slumbers. He is the RNA chief executive. What does RNA stand for? The Royal and Ancient. What does that mean? That is the big club at St. Andrews, a place that I've actually been, which is so stinking cool. And he had some strong words for the guys playing on the Live Tour. We will talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. 
Go to PinnacleDen.com. Okay, Terry. Um, here's your leaderboard, at least the top of it for the Open right now. Cameron Young, an American. He is on top of the leaderboard at eight under. Rory McIlroy is at six under, and it looks like Tiger is not going to make the cut. He is six over today. I'm guessing if the cut was today, the uh, cut line would be one over par. In the meantime, RNA chief executive Mike Slumbers, he's the guy who runs everything at St. Andrews, isn't thrilled with the new Live Tour, saying, quote, Professional golfers are entitled to choose where they want to play and to accept the prize money that's offered to them. I've absolutely no problem with that at all, but there is no such thing as a free lunch. I believe the model we have seen at Centurion and Pumpkin Ridge is not the best long-term interest of the sport as a whole and is entirely driven by money. When he said Centurion and Pumpkin Ridge, those are the first two tournaments for the new live tour. He went on to say, we believe it undermines the merit based nature and the spirit of open competition that makes golf so special looking ahead to the open next year. We have been asked quite frequently about banning players. Let me be very clear. That's not our agenda, but what is on our agenda is that we will review our exemptions and qualification criteria for the open. And while we you know, do that every year. We absolutely reserve the right to make changes as our open championships committee deems appropriate. What do you think about what slumber said? I don't want to put boards in his mouth. What he's saying is kind of honoring the entrepreneurial nature of golf without getting into the political aspects of it. He's saying you, the beauty, one of the beauties of the sport is you, you have to earn what you get. And, uh, the idea that money is just put in your pocket without having to be for virtual guaranteed appearance checks is really kind of against the spirit of the game. That part I think is a secondary issue to the uh, political and social aspects of it, but it's also an important one in the kind of the uh, hallowed halls of golf. Okay. Let me ask you something. Let's say the money was coming. Now, if, from... you're, if you're going to ask me if I would take money, you know, no, the answer is I'm that not. I would, no, I'm not. it would have to be on an individual basis. I'm not asking you that. This is what I'm asking you. Let's say the money came from Spain. You think he'd say this? No. So you think it's a political thing? I think it's a combination of the two. I don't think you can completely separate them and say that they're, that they're uh, completely independent of one another. Well, okay, they, 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 they overlap. It's, it's an issue involved in, in the decision-making process and what he's saying. Yeah, I think is part, but he's also, he's making it very clear. I think he's not naive about the political and social aspects of it either. But it, so you don't think, do you think there'd be a problem at all with what these guys are doing? 54 holes. Everybody gets a paycheck. You don't have to pay for your transportation out there anymore. If this was funded by Spain, I think, or the, Portugal I think, I think or Brazil, I think the connection to the Saudis is the tipping, tipping part of it. Uh, I I don't exactly 100% know how whether they would react to the uh, kind of the contradiction of the entrepreneurial aspect of the game if it was Spain or if it was Monaco or who, whoever it was, but I think it would be very it, it wouldn't be as uh, strident and it wouldn't be as bitter. This is what and, I know and, about and, golf, and, and it wouldn't be as divisive. Say it again. And it wouldn't be as divisive. This, this, is going, this is going to explode uh, 
among the players, among sponsors, among everybody involved? Well, th this is one guy's opinion, and I'm guessing you will not agree, and that's cool. You know, I like to play golf, and I play a lot of golf. Golf is a rich man's, white man's, snob sport. And if you don't do it our way, then we're going to shun you forever. I think that's in some courses you're talking about. You, not, you, you, that's you know, not you universal. You know what golf is? You, um, I think a lot, you know, you know what golf is? No, no, I'm not this way. A lot of people aren't this way, but the people higher up, they are the Ted Knights in Caddyshack. <laughs> That's who they are. Gambling's illegal at Bushwoods and I never slice. A lot of people at the top, that's the way they are. Former Greenskeeper. How dare you? How dare you thumb your nose at the PGA? Well, I don't. How I, I dare don't, you? No, I don't disagree with that, but I don't think it's as pervasive as you're making it out to be. The, the PGA Tour does not like to be challenged. They're upset about it. And they're so upset that they're not going to do anything about it by giving these guys a little bit more money. Can, can we all agree, though, that this is a, a very volatile combination, a volatile sure. mixture uh, no question. of politics, social, social, social morays, and everything else? I just think, honestly, I think it's an excuse. I think they're leaning on the Saudis, and rightfully so, because, listen, the, the, the government there is awful on so many different levels. I think everybody listening to the show, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, would agree with that. But I think the Saudi government is just a convenient excuse. They don't want their players taken away from them. They want to control it 100%. Both they, want to, be true, they want to give what they want to give. And how dare you? It's like the NFL. The NFL doesn't care if the USFL starts. They don't care about any other league. They know who they are, and they are comfortable with who they are. The PGA is not. Gambling they don't is illegal want, at they, Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. How about the greenskeeper? Was a green, who was the greenskeeper? What did he say? Bill Murray. What did he say? I have no idea. I'm trying to cue them up. I have, I have, I have no idea. It's in the hole. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's like the people people who run the Masters. Are these people you'd really want to have a beer with? What is it? Who do you well, they, well, they'd pay for it. What do you mean? They'd buy. Yeah. You never but have to these, pay for your own beer. Are these the type of snooty people that you really want to hang out with who are all about themselves? Again, I love golf and I and have tons of friends who play. Mandy and I play all the time. But the people at the top, the PGA Tour does not want to be challenged. But you you look at you look at the other four professional major sports. They don't care if there's competition. They're secure with who they are. I think it's a convenient excuse to blame this on the Saudi government. They just don't want to. The thing is, the PGA Tour doesn't want to lose their monopoly. That's what this is about. I, I think uh, I think uh, several things can be true at the same time without going through the laundry list of picking picking out one and rejecting the other. This is just a volatile mix. It is, it is. But I but I think if this was funded by if if a new league okay was funded by Elon Musk, the same thing I think would be happening. How dare you leave for another league? We are the PGA Tour, and if and if you go to Elon Musk's league, 
or Richard Branson's league, you're out. Well, he's got a little more money now that he isn't buying Twitter. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see if he can get out of it. Uh, you think the majority of Americans care uh, which tour PGA or live wins the majors? Probably not, but but that's more about not not sitting down and, and knowing who is which one uh, than it is than it is a policy decision. I don't know when these guys from the Live Tour are going to be shut out of the majors, but I'll tell you if they start winning them, that's a great recruiting tool, isn't it? Oh, I'm not sure about that. The con- conscience issues conscience issues don't change. If you well, will. you you still see guys leaking over, don't you? Well, I don't know that. Still, here, I mean, how about young golfers coming up? Do you think more young golfers who are graduating college they're going to be paid? They're, they're going to be getting ready, big time guaranteed money. Live yeah. wants stars too. What's that? Live wants stars too. I, I understand. I understand that. But if you have a young, hotshot college golfer or a young hotshot golfer over in Europe, where do you think they're going to go at the age of 21? I don't know. They'll look in the mirror and decide. They will, but at that age, and they don't have a lot of money in the bank, and they know they have all that guaranteed money, I think they heavily consider going to the live tour. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Discussions have began uh, begun on a possible Donovan Mitchell trade. Uh, we'll tell you what team is involved. And there's a Burgundy versus White game tonight for the Avs at 6 p.m. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, uh, our mutual friend Adrian Dater is reporting that the Calgary Flames are now going after Nazem Kadri, and they certainly have the money now, now that they just lost their top guy. But if they believe that Kadri is going to fill that guy's shoes, uh, they're in for a in for a Johnny, big disappointment. Johnny Hockey. Yeah. By the way, what, why does the name Johnny, why is that synonymous with the sport that they play? Johnny football, Johnny Manziel, I don't Johnny know. Hockey? I don't know, but he's been Johnny Hockey a long time. He's an American kid from New Jersey. Correct. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see what Calgary does. But do, do you think Kadri going to the Flames really moves the needle for them that much? No. I don't think so either. I, I mean. I think, I think I, everything we've said – Today, yesterday, and over the course of the decision-making window and the lead-up is, is still true that Nazem Kadri is looking is, is uh, going to be an adept number two center in this league again and be one of the best ones in the league. But he's not he's not going to move the needle as a top-line center. 
Right. I mean, again, all due respect to Kadri, had a fantastic season. Look at who his wingers are. Is he getting the same thing with Kachuk in Calgary? No. Right. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at argonautliquor.com. Just in case you missed it, the Utah Jazz and New York Knicks have started discussions on a Donovan Mitchell trade. The Knicks have the Jazz's focus currently, and Mitchell is uh, hes from New York. His dad worked for the New York Mets for years. And remember, the Knicks already gave Jalen Brunson $104 million over four years earlier this offseason. Uh, should we expect Mitchell to be a member of the Knicks in the coming days? Yes, period. Ask that question again. Uh, should we expect Donovan Mitchell to become a member of the New York Knicks in the coming days? Didn't they get a haul of picks for Gobert? I mean, how many picks do they, do they are they trying to get? Unless, unless the next draft and the draft after are going to be outstanding and I'm not aware of it, and it might be. Right? I mean, how many picks do you honestly need? You, you know what you go into the draft for? You know what you go into the draft for? To find a superstar. They have one. Why are they trading him? That's right? That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Build around him. Now, if he demands to be traded, that's different. He's going to New York. You know what? Carmelo Anthony went to New York. I don't know why everybody thinks New York is such a great spot. They haven't been good <laughs> since Patrick Ewing was there. It's not the end-all, be-all. But if you want to go to New York, listen, he's from that area, and that's fine. Go, go for it. Just ride the number six subway down to the garden. Amari Stoudemire and Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony will tell you. Say it again. Phil Bradley. Well, I'm not trying to go back to when electricity was invented. (laughs) Okay. Phil Bradley. Really? I'm talking about recently. If Dolan is your owner, I'm sorry. You're going to have a tough time winning. Period. There is a burgundy versus white game tonight at 6 p.m. at Family Sports Center for the Avs Development Camp. It'll be a four-on-four game, and some notable names include Ben Myers and Taylor McCarr. Uh, Thoughts on the burgundy versus white game? Ben Myers is probably the most intriguing guy out there because he's going to be probably have to step into the uh, increased role after winning the Hobie Baker last year at Minnesota. And so I think that'd be an interesting way to look at it, look at him and Taylor McCarr. He followed his brother's path to the Brooks Bandits and UMass. Didn't have a very good freshman year at UMass, but he's still he's bigger than his brother. He plays center, and he's an intriguing prospect. So those, are, oh, and Sean Barron's at DU also, uh, who just finished his freshman year at DU, is an Avalanche number second round draft choice defenseman. He, he's a prospect. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself, considering I didn't know any of that information. So Terry, thank you for educating. You're going to be out there. I, well, you're probably going out to uh, Dude Perfect tonight. No, I'm going to be staying home. Because, um, although I did test negative for COVID, my daughter has it. So I'm not going to be going anywhere. 
I just figured you you had bought your dude perfect tickets long ago, and so you were I, probably gonna have what, to try to get more. What, a. It, what they're is at the, they're at the, perfect? They're at Ball Arena night. It's the, kind of a YouTube. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's kind of a YouTube comedy troupe. Yes, they do a lot of trick shots and st- stuff to that effect. Uh, trick basketball yeah. shots, the whole works. Yeah, even if I was 100% healthy, I wouldn't. They're probably going to sell out. Yeah. I'm, I'm being 100% serious. Well, I'm sure they'll be great. That's not something I'd go see. Would you go see them, though? I probably would. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with not seeing it. How about you, Alex? Uh, I, w- I would go. Yeah, I actually, uh, I think those guys are pretty entertaining. They're they're uh, they got a quite a quite the big following as well. I would go. Yeah. By the way, on a side note, did you see that uh, Kyle Freeland uh, destroyed a dugout light with a bat in the fifth inning? Did you see that? He no. erupted. Yeah, he blew up. Yeah, he he was asked about. It. He said, "I just didn't like where the light was in the dugout. It just didn't look good." Those quirky, hilarious. Those quirky southpaws. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Actually, what a great comment. Uh, Oklahoma State football coach Mike Gundy told Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yorkmark in jest, "Don't let the Texas Longhorns and Oklahoma Sooners continue to participate in Big Twelve business meetings. Are you two at all surprised that the Longhorns and Sooners are still involved in these Big Twelve meetings, considering they're going to the SEC in 2025?" No, because they have to conduct business professionally for the next for the next three years. They have, they, they can't. They have to do that. No, I'm not surprised. Do you think USC and UCLA, UCLA should be part of any Pac-12 stuff? Yeah, yes. Yeah. A lot of people disagree. Um, I, I agree with you that, yes, they should be a part of it. They're still part of the conference. And one of the reasons why they're getting as much money as they are is because of those two schools. And it's also interesting the past week or so, the way things have quieted down. It looked like everybody was going to be rushing out to realign everything, every league. And we haven't had that headlong rush, including the disintegration of the Pac-12 with with, uh, CU. It'll happen. Maybe not right now. Listen, after Oklahoma and Texas announced that they were going to leave, uh, a lot of people thought the dominoes were going to fall quickly. It did fall quickly. But then again, there was another earthquake recently, and it was USC and UCLA. Andre Iguodala made a bold claim about Rashid Wallace, saying he would have been a top-five player in today's game and would have been better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is this one of the worst takes you've ever heard, or is Iguodala onto something here? It's so ridiculous you can't pay any attention to it because his motives are probably are probably so suspect that it's not even worth considering. At, at best, it is the second worst take I've heard. The worst one was recently when John Morant said that Michael Jordan would be nothing more than an average <laughs> player in today's game. Yeah, he would, Wallace, he would have cooked him. His <laughs> yeah, Rasheed Wallace was a very good three-point shooter, but he's not Giannis. He doesn't run the floor like Giannis. No. No, God, give me a break. Gosh. Listen, I don't like it when the older generation – you know, take shots at the new generation, but vice versa as well. But he also, they're, di- they're different eras. I don't think he believed in any way. Then why did he say it? And then took all the criticism. That's just, that's just the way things are now. That's a, that's a way to draw attention. 
Yeah. All right. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed an Argonaut, always great specials. If you love French wines, all 750 milliliter bottles are 15% off. Don't forget Argonaut delivers. They do it through the entire Denver metro area. Over a hundred bucks of a delivery is free. If you work in the city, stop by Argonaut on the way home. Drive back to the suburbs. You're going to get great deals at Argonaut. If you live in the city, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know why. Westward named Argonaut, the best liquor store in Denver, five years running. Check them out on Colfax. Order online today, ArgonautLiquor.com. I wish I could see you, Nolan, in your wrestling jersey today. Um, I'm sorry I didn't, but you did a fantastic job on the show, and I love the fact that you ripped your St. Louis Blues. That makes me happy. Great job, Alex. Same with you, Terry. Make it the best possible night you can. End of time. So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always time